the Everyman Podcast. There is only one. There is only one. There can be only one. Well, technically, this is number 201. Uh, and what better way Ooh. to start off the next 200 episodes right? than with our friend and returning champion, the one and only from Haunted Shores and Periphery. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Holcomb. How are you, Mark? Buddy Mark. Good. I'm honored. I didn't know it was 201. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a... Yeah. That's a I'm honored, really. And yeah, I always tell you guys this, but it's always a pleasure. And uh, it is. Thank you. You know, even outside of the, the professional boundaries, it's just cool to catch up with my friends. So absolutely yeah. happy to be here. Absolutely, man. And, and we, happy always, to we, we love to see it. And uh, right off the bat, man, before we get into it. So this has turned into, you know, there's two uh, spectacular seasonal episodes that the Everyman podcast does. The Fourth of July spectacular, where we talk mm-hmm. about history and the Christmas Spectacular, where we talk about Christmas. And mm-hmm. what's become the third pillar of the Everyman Podcast is the annual Mark Holcomb Playoff Preview Podcast. It's, I mean, this is now... Is it? Yeah, we did it's it last year, now. too, right? It's yeah, we did it. Yeah. yeah. And the year before... Wait, this is the third. This is the third? Dude, yeah. I think this is like the fifth podcast and like That's third year straight. Because the first one was the Brady Chiefs, the, the Bucks Chiefs. Right. Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then last year we did it again, and before uh, before the wild card, right? Before the mm-hmm. wild card, I think yep. I remember talking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And then, and then yeah. here we are, a third annual Mark Holcomb playoff preview special. Wouldn't That's it awesome. It is. That's awesome. because you know, like uh, the the I don't have a lot of football friends in in like the metal world. You know, like I got a couple. There's a couple guys in my band who who give a shit about hockey and basketball, <laughs> but football. <laughs> Football, I don't really have a lot of guys in the music world who I can sort of just uh, BS um, about this game with. So so it's nice that I have this out with you guys. I always look forward to it. It's always, I'm always chomping at the bit to talk about this stuff because I need to get it oh, out yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's to, funny, man. like, as a musician growing up, like, I was always the same way. I was the only one that was yeah. had any interest in sports or anything. And I'm over there, like, obsessing over whatever the season is it is. And, you know, they can't be bothered but um you know before we get into all the excitement here we you know mark you and i shout out to our wives mm-hmm. i had one of the best dates of my life with you in october yeah, uh, we did. You, you cruised on up to to the beautiful fort worth you uh you came to the vigil estate and we took a journey down to arlington to cowboy stadium to watch your bears um take on the dallas cowboys and the seats that we had were like, we were both like, well, we got to take advantage of this. This is a once in a lifetime deal. I mean, dude, what were we like the twelfth row, like on the fifty? Yeah, it was, it was really yeah. close, man. I never Primo. sat that close to an NFL game before, but you know, we paid a lot of money. We paid more money than I'm comfortable saying here. But <laughs> the thing is, is they were worth. I looked up the yeah. street price of these tickets. And they were worth like easily two and a half to three times as much as we paid. So. You're nice. right. Like it, it was like it was a little irresponsible, but you know, given the fact that my team was in town and Justin, I've always wanted to hang with you in person since yeah. we first did this um, together. So um, it was it was just a yeah, no brainer, really. It you was know, awesome, despite the price. Yeah, and yeah. a couple things I, I want to you know shout out is the environment, uh, the like the energy of the cowboy tailgate all the way. Like they basically shut down Arlington, Daryl, and it's like. Jerry's every, world. Every Jerry's every world. store is turns into a parking lot tailgate. Like we parked it like an auto zone or something. Or and there's people getting yeah, their, auto their, zone. Exactly. There, mm-hmm. There's literally people getting their brakes done, and then we're like going in and paying the guy for parking. And yeah. Everyone was cool and welcoming, and you know, growing up in the Northeast and going to a lot of Eagles games, especially Eagles Steelers games. Like I just thought that, you know, the home team is extremely hostile and violent. And as I've gone to other stadiums, I'm realizing it's really it's a Philadelphia issue, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. an Eagle issue. Um, so, like, I, I saw zero cowboy animosity. Like, everyone was – and it was, like, jokingly or, like, in a fun camaraderie type way, like, that they didn't actually wish you ill will <laughs> as opposed to an Eagles situation where it's like the eagle like the cowboys come in or the steelers come in or whatever so it was like really it was very nice when you what did you think of that mark because you were you were bared up 
pared down. Yeah, too. yeah. And, and dude, like another thing that was cool about it was that there were guys, that, I mean, there were families like in fucking, you know, Devin Hester jerseys yeah. and Walter mm-hmm. Payton jerseys mm-hmm. grilling, yeah. you know, grilling probably since like, you know, eight, nine, ten in the morning, just hanging. And yeah, no, no animosity, no sort of fightiness between the crowds. And, you know, I, I sort of spent most of my twenties and thirties in Washington, DC. Um, and, you know, being around the sort of Redskins culture at the time, um, it was not like that. So that's not what I'm used to seeing. Right. So yeah, it was just, it was just cool to see all the Chicago transplants and like, you know, dudes in Dick, Dick outfits. Yeah. There and, was a whole, uh, there was a whole group of Dick is behind us. It was pretty funny. Yeah, man. I guess yeah. that's, that's like cool. A, yeah. And then that stadium, I mean, I've been there now. I think that's like my fourth time there. And it's just every time I'm just like, wow, I, this is fucking perfect. Like bathrooms are super clean. There's plenty yeah. of everything there. The staff, like I've never, and it's partially, it's a Texas thing, I think as well, but I would like, there's never a more polite and accommodating venue staff than at AT AT&T Stadium in my experience. It's, it's awesome. And we had like the special entrance thing, you know, where you go in and we had like, there's carpet. So, you know, you know, it's good. And Mm -hmm. uh, we go down to our seats and they had like their own little bar at each section and then you get down there and it's just like, it's, you can't even believe it's a building. It's just so friggin' huge. Um, and you know, that was, that was a game where I felt very confident the bears were going to cover that spread. I was like, plus 10 fucking love it. Love it. And Mark and I were like, Oh, we were both like, yeah, this is, I like this. And, um, I think, what was, I think 42 to to, to like 11 or something like that. It was, no, they came back. They they made a good run. Remember the Cowboys got out in front. It was like, I want to say it was like 21 to three or something something Mm -hmm. like that. But like Tony Ponter had like 300 yards. It was crazy. Yeah. And then then the bears made a run at it. And for a while I was like, Oh, this is going to be a game. And it looked like they were going to cover. And then the wheels came off and is what we're talking Mm -hmm. about before we started. It's like, that Bears defense just fell apart. And at the time, I felt really comfortable in you hitting that spread. Yeah, 49. it was 49 Bears, to 29 was the final score. There you go. And mm. the Bears had not been blown out yet at that point in the year. Right. So they were, right. they were making it a game at that point. They were making a it a game. And Fields played well. He passed the ball well. He ran it, of course. Um, but, it, yeah, it looked good. And then the wheels just came off slowly but surely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was still fun. Oh, you know, I, had like a, I had a blast. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah. 10 out of 10, it was, it was we'll, do it, we'll do it again. And, uh Definitely. You know, I'm sure I'm sure we've got a, a Mavericks uh, game in our future at some point or something something along those lines. I'm so down. Um, yeah, yeah. could drop 55. Right, exactly when the, when the Bulls. Yeah, drop 55 on the Bulls. Um, yeah. Now you know another thing here, and we also shout out we had a, we had some fun listening to some records before we left the, the house there. Um, Sweet. You know, the last couple times you've been on the podcast, at first it was peak COVID, you know, and you guys were not really doing anything as a group. And then the next time you came on, it was like, yeah, we're starting to, you know, work remotely or whatever. And then, like, halfway through that year, I see on social media, you guys are like, now you're, like, traveling and you're actually working together. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we've got it. It's coming. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of Periphery fans have been tuning into these podcasts and hearing you say, hey, when I got something to say, I'll come back. So um, what's going on with Periphery, man? Oh, it's, first off, it's wild to hear you recap that because I hadn't realized we had started, like my first appearance on this podcast was when, you know, yeah, the pandemic was at an all-time high. We weren't doing jack shit musically and we hadn't even started the process and it just like, it puts me back in those shoes and I, yeah, it's just, it's been a, it's been a long fucking recording process, man. And from the very inception of, you know, let's do another record till now where we're going to put out two new songs tomorrow. Um, and the record's coming out March 10th, uh, 2023. It's, it's fucking weird to say 2023 still. Um, it's, it's just wild. I, I, I can't believe we've come this far on this record. And, and I'll say this, it's, it's been maybe the most challenging record that we've ever done. Um, for reasons I don't think we're ready to face as a band. Um, you know, I always say that about Juggernaut. Juggernaut, we put out, it was a double record in 2014. I always say that that was our hardest record. But, uh, you know, in retrospect, I think this one pushed us to a limit that, like, I look back on it and I feel like we're a stronger band, like we're all stronger individually. Um, but uh, 
it's just I'm I'm just excited for the world to hear what we worked on for whew, the better part of two and a half years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a as much as I like to sort of ha- have my hands off of the reaction to it, right? Like I try to let it go. I figure like I'm healthiest mentally that way when I when I try not engage with how it's perceived and received since I have zero control over it. Um, I'm excited for people who are fans of our band and people who have stuck with us despite our lack of presence, you know, in the ether and in, in their awareness. Um, I'm excited for them to be rewarded, hopefully, if they like it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a great place with the new music, man. And I, I think we all are collectively. Um, it's going to be a it's going to be a big year for Periphery, I feel like. Hey, when you, so when you say that, like, you know, it's been a difficult year for you and for the van. I like it when I hear things like you guys are stronger now because of it. I like it when I hear like you feel like you're in the best place that you have been musically as a group. Was the difficulty more logistical or was it the fact that, well, you know, with any change, if you're getting better, you're getting better, you're getting stronger, you're being stretched. Do you think it was more being stretched or logistical things that just kind of happened with respect to COVID and things like both. That. Yeah. Because of COVID, like getting it off the ground was, was horrible. Like, you know, figuring out uh, what the restrictions were. I mean, we're think we're talking again, peak pandemic. So, you know, there were lockdowns, there were restrictions. Um, I have uh, immunocompromised people in my family. And so that makes me fucking petrified of flying back mm-hmm. in 2020 um, being on a plane, I, 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 I even felt compelled to wear a mask around my bandmates at the very beginning, um, you know, just because of how delicate things were and how volatile the situation was. But, um, you know, logistically, of course, but we, we, we had a lot of, we had a lot of trouble sort of with where we are right now at this point in our careers, we're, we're pickier and we're more opinionated and, we have higher standards than we've ever had in our band as far as what makes the cut, right? Like, I, I don't know if it's like this for other media, other types of media, other art forms, but the longer we do this, the harder we are on ourselves. And uh, when there's five of us who are all like that, it just makes the process of getting even one section of a song done uh, so difficult and uh, time-consuming. Uh, that that's what it is. I, I wouldn't say, um, you know, it threatens the health of our band or it threatens, you know, the, the, the welfare of our band, but it's just, it's just time consuming and it takes real patience and dedication and, and something that I don't think we could have done 10 years ago, 12 years ago, you know? Um, so I, I believe this record and, and the, the sort of labor that went into it is something that only the patience and uh, sort of fortitude the past decade has given us of working together. So yeah, it's a long convoluted answer, but it, basically everything you asked it, it, and more probably went into how difficult this record was to make. But, but yeah, like you propose, we are stronger, we are better, you know, and the next one we can use what we learned on this one to go and make the next one even better. Hopefully. I hear everything that you're saying there, Mark. And um, in being in a business like production, the NFL yeah. is not a business where like each year they say, hey, we want you to do less. So yeah. I, I, I totally know where you're coming from. That's awesome that you guys are, you know, strapped up and ready to roll out and using everything you learned from this experience for future ones to come down the line. It's awesome, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I know what you mean about you said something that kind of popped me a little bit about putting stuff out and just letting it letting it go and like not going and checking the so early on with the podcast and it's it, I've been kind of reflecting on it cuz it's like you know it's 200 episodes it's a lot for you four years running every week you know it's a, a lot of time and I've I, I handle it now different than I did early on and we had a, I won't I won't uh, I don't want to shame anybody but we had a, a well-known uh vocalist on our, our podcast and there was a someone who took the time to uh dm me like they found my my personal they didn't even go to the the podcast page and uh they lengthy lengthy direct message uh and my one thing i picked out was i and i quote i would literally listen to this guy take a shit before i would listen to any more of the questions that you asked him on this podcast and i was like okay, that's, that's a little, that's, 
that hurts. That's a little tough. You know, like that's Axl pretty. Rose? You said well-known singer Axl <laughs> yeah. Rose, John Bon Jovi. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was in you know the metal world. It was in the world. You know, you you know who it is. And who are the initials? What are the initials? Um, Shmi Shmi Shmam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I was like, wow, okay. And then and then I come to find out that this individual, like, because I I had then later on, like a year later, um. I had mentioned it to somebody and they were like, Oh dude, tell that to so-and-so. And, and the guy's like, was it, was it this guy? And I'm like, that's him. Yeah. Look, that's that fucking guy right there. And apparently he's just like, he's just a lunatic, but like one person can like deeply bother multiple people, you know? And like, and then it just gets out there. And so like I t- that, that was the the last time I ever checked any, you know, uh, so if, if people are sending uh, hate DMs to, uh, to our Twitters, don't, I'm not seeing them. So it's definitely the way to go. Cause there's just too much for every thousand positive feedbacks you get that one that you get that's raw is just like, Whoa, that's like really deep, man. Yeah. Yeah. I learned this lesson so long ago. Um, um, <laughs> I used to scour all of it because it's like, well, the rationale was like, all right, I'm a business owner, you know, I'm a, right. I own one fifth of periphery. I should, I should know what the customers, the fans are saying. <laughs> and so I go check out the comments and this is yeah, an maybe, asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like 11 or 12 years ago. And I go on YouTube to like a guitar instructional video I, I did. And then like one of the comments buried at the bottom, you know, meanwhile, I'm, I'm like skipping past the positive ones. Right. Cause you know, those don't make any impact or whatever, you know, <laughs> Um, I see the negative one. The negative one was like, this guy has wide nostrils and he's too shiny. <laughs> he's too shiny. <laughs> he's too shiny. Like I'm waxy. Like you, yeah. like, like you could see the reflection shiny. of the camera off the guy's face. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I went to the mirror and I was like, do I got shiny? Yeah. And I like, I bounced it off the band and they like, they laughed. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny too. I like um, the shiny part. That's yeah. I, yeah. I never took it's it a seriously. good thing. You're yeah. moisturized. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hydrated skin, bitch. Come on. What, what bothered me was like, why did I think about it more than once? You know what I mean? Like, why did it stick in my head? Right. Not even for like, you know, a whole day, but it's just like, I, I thought about it once or twice afterwards. And I still tell the story because it's like the example of it is like, that's such a useless thing. And someone took, Half a second, probably on their toilet. Yeah, to type that out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah exactly. I didn't even watch the video. Yeah, yeah. saw the and, screenshot. And that's it. Right, right, right. And and uh, actually, Misha was the one who told me he was like, uh, he was like, hey, if if they're gonna watch a video of you playing guitar and the one thing they can make fun of is your nostrils, maybe you're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, and yeah, it just it just that was a lesson. It's just like, all right, well, maybe I'm not, you know. I don't really need to go check out what people have to say. And I appreciate all the love. And I check that out sometimes, but uh, I'm not one of these people who like, you know, doom scrolls, checking out what people have to say. I just put it out there and hope that people enjoy it. Well, and also when you're on stage and you've got a packed house and everybody's smiling and cheering and crying and happy, like that, that tells you you're doing a good job, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like, I feel this way about music and I, I, you make guys may feel the same about what you do in your professional lives. And, and, and with the podcast here, it's like, you love what you do, right? Like you, you, you guys legitimately enjoy your craft. I fucking love my craft, but I don't enjoy it because other people right. say I'm good at it or say that I'm bad at it. Um, I don't enjoy it because of other people's opinions. And this took me a while to sort of like put in, in like real context in my head. It's like, why do I do what I do? I do it because, you know, when I was 17, I realized that I would fucking die for it because I love the art. I love the act of doing it, you know, putting my fingers against a, a fretboard and, and picking the strings and writing music and all that uh, and everything that goes along with it. So, you know, in a vacuum, I would still love what I did. Even if nobody cared, I would still maybe not spend as much time on it, but I, I would be as um, dedicated and I, I would be in, as in love with it as I am still. Absolutely. I mean, it just, it it shines through. And I I just wanted to clarify, because this, this podcast is is coming out actually after the singles have been released. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, you know, 
you have our permission to hit pause and go check out the new periphery. You should uh, on Spotify, yeah, should, and then because you're already in the Spotify app, you just come right back to this and hit play, and then you're back. You're back in. So for for the context sake, uh, so that that music is available everywhere now. Pre-orders are up. I was actually just looking at it, and I'm gonna have to put in a request to see if I can get my hands on some of that vinyl. Uh, yeah, yeah. The purple mm-hmm. I see is very clean. Um, yep. You got the, the yes, t-shirt sir. bundles, the hoodie bundles. Uh, looks like you guys have a great, and you you have always, um, had, you can tell when a band puts as as a as someone who's been on both sides of the aisle as like a fan and someone who's also pursuing merchandising a band. Um, you can tell when people just mail it in and like. Oh, let's put one logo on 15 different pieces of merch and sell them for 200 bucks, you know, um, versus like some creative thought went into the packages and the bundles. And um, that's why your fans support it. You know, they feel like they're actually getting something cool. I remember I got, I don't remember what it was. It might've been, uh, it might've been for P3, but I, I was at one of your shows and I got like the whatever bundle and it was like a, a t-shirt, which was like too small, but I gave it to Sam um, it was like a t-shirt, a dog tag, you know, like stickers, pics. Like it was all cool stuff that like I'd want to have around. Uh, and you don't feel like you're getting hosed for the sake of getting hosed. Like, you know, like a, like a T-Swift allegedly. Um, but the bundles look great. They're available for pre-order now. Uh, March 10th, everywhere music is sold. And uh, not to mention peripheries. Not only is Santa come to town, but peripheries coming to town soon. That's right. Nice. That's right. When do you guys, when do you guys uh, leave for tour? Um, March 3rd, I think was the first show in Maryland. Uh, we're touring with Under Oath and, uh, Loathe, a band from the UK called Loathe, who are excellent. So I had seen your, you had posted about Loathe at one point on Instagram and I like went and checked them out. I'm like, what's this? Cause anytime like somebody that I'm into the music they make as a band and I respect their musicianship, like if they, they're like, you got to check this out. Like I make it a priority to go check this out even if it's something that's like not really in my wheelhouse and dude, they're fucking sick. It's like, it's like a weird industrial combination of like industrial, but then like, it's also catchy enough that it could be like in a Nissan commercial, you Mm -hmm. know? And then like dark, (laughs) no, for real. Like some of the songs on that record, I'm listening to them. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be like the NBA on TNT or something, you know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's cool, man. We were just as excited to tour with them as we were under oath. And, uh, they're they're one of three on the package, so they're not they're not as well known as they're gonna be. But, oh, after this, uh, mark they my words, yeah. they will be. Yeah, they will be. And for, I mean, for you guys too. I mean, going out with a band like Under Oath, like that's gonna expose you to a whole side of 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 uh, music that your normal fan base wouldn't really, you know, be there. Um, yeah. And then you know you get that crossover appeal, so it's cool to see you guys doing that. It's like um, I just you know and. Dallas between the Barry and me was torn with uh, Trivium and same kind of thing. Like on paper, you're like, really? Like that seems like kind of like an odd pairing. Uh, But then at the show, I mean, it looked like it was going well. Um, And I'm I'm taking a look at these dates here. I'll just rattle off a few Sherman theater in Stroudsburg. That's where, uh, that's where my wife's from there. Got Huntington, New York, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. That's a cool theater. I've been there. Ah, Milwaukee. Very nice. Mm-hmm. It always reminds me of uh, Wayne's World. Land of the Good. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne's World. It's like, it was actually the Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. uh, look at this. You got the whole Midwest holding it down. I will say, and I had texted you this, I'm like, really? No Dallas? No nothing? Yeah. But that's kind of No Texas. We got coming. a lot of shit for it. And, you know, I was one of those people. You were giving but, yourself uh, shit for it, I'm sure. Yeah. No, it was totally up to, you know, Under Oath's booking agent. Uh, we didn't have anything to do with it. But the idea is just to hit markets that uh, – you wouldn't normally hit. So there's no New York City. Instead, we're playing upstate. There's no L.A. proper. We're doing, uh, what is it, Anaheim or something? Yeah, so, that's where they always have the NAM uh, stuff at, at the, uh, right. the concerts there, the House of Blues. Yeah, that's a right. cool, yeah. I mean, Vegas, that's a good town. Well, you guys are kind of band-based in Vegas, right? Somebody's, your, your studio's in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, studio Island, uh, Black Box is in Vegas. Spencer lives in Vegas, so. So yeah, there, there'll be some cool stops on the tour. We're we're, we're excited about a, a bunch of those shows. That's awesome. And quick, nice. quick, quick question about Spencer here for a second, because I uh, I saw this afternoon. I think it was on Matt Halpern's Instagram or something. Somebody's Instagram. It was a little clip of uh, the video, 
and I get mm-hmm. a, a quick cut at the end of a very handsome, charismatic singer with like a like a yellow sunglass look, and it immediately I'm like he's getting he's going Bono on us. This is this is fucking great. Uh, this is he's get he, <laughs> he's there. Said- you get like because it seems like. Because I've experienced this at like I've experienced it at a music festivals in Disneyland where like at first you're like I'm not wearing that and then you like you get to a point where you're like oh, I'm doing doing good and then like by the end of like uh, my run with Extractus I'm wearing a fucking light up vest you know what I mean and it's like why not you know like you just you get the confidence where you're like you know what I'm doing a yellow visor sunglasses I'm gonna be Metal Bono. One thing that he has that I will never have is confidence with his wardrobe. Oh, um, he like, good. He, he, dude, he's adventurous, and he just pulls it. Maybe it's the singer mentality. Maybe it's the singer it has aura he has. Yeah, and I see this a lot with, like, athletes I admire. It's like fucking, you know. Like Russell Westbrook, for example. Yeah, I was just about yeah. to say, you ever see Westbrook yeah. walk into a Laker guy? I mean, dude, he looks like. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Respectfully. <But laughs> at the same time. I'm like, I wish I had yeah. that level 20%. of adventurousness and also the confidence to be able to pull it off. But like, that's why I fucking dress like a nine year old, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the same. That right just now. displays my level of confidence with my wardrobe. I just show off bands that I like and then yeah. boom end yeah, of story. Easy, easy matching outfits. Yeah. No, it, it yeah. works. No, I please pass along that. I, I see where he's headed and I'm, I'm, I love it. Wholeheartedly love it. I think a friend gonna... of mine said he looked like an 80s Coke dealer. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a look. It's a fucking, it's, it's, a, look. A, it's a look. And I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how that develops. And it's I, awesome. I, I'm hoping I see that. <laughs> that should just be a thing now. Just multicolored visors. Yep. Solid More 80s visors. Coke dealer vibes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you could, yeah. honestly, you could be merchandising those things, you know, <laughs> right on the side, periphery five, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you let them know we like that. Um, I will. That's that's awesome, man. Again, um, and you you said it's like it's cool to hear it back. Like it's it's very cool for us, you know. Um, get it, as we've gotten to know you and de- develop a friendship and and this professional rapport and enjoying your company on the podcast and like knowing what you're you're, you're doing it and then getting to see some of the fruit of that labor after all this time. And then on top of it, like you can go, anybody listening to this podcast right now, cause I'm sure this will get picked up by, you know, the various metal blogs, go back and listen to, you know, your hardcore periphery pan, go back and listen to the, those episodes last year and the year before that. And the year before that, uh, with Mark, where you can hear like talking about it and where your, where your head was at. Like it, for the, one of the things I never thought about this podcast when we started, it was like, it's become a diary for like our lives. And, like, I can go back and find out, like, what did I feel about, you know, this then? And it's and it's right there. Or, like, talk, what, what was I talking about before we got married? And then, like, after we got married. And mm-hmm. um, it's cool to go back and kind of, like, catalog that. So, you know, if you're a hardcore yeah. periphery fan and you, and you want a little more insight into it, go go check those those old episodes out there. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go check out how stressed i don't think i sounded too stressed about it right oh like, never no. stressed man no never but you know stressed. what because i did actually i did actually do this and go back you you seemed unsure the first time but everyone was unsure and it was almost like i don't know if i'm even going to have a band kind of thing like mm. or like i don't know i i'm going to be guarded about it because like i don't know you know there, mm. it was yeah I, I think there was some of that there and then like crazy time. Yeah. And then as you go further, like you, the way you spoke about it once I could tell when you were about to go record it, how you were feeling about it. But once you had already started working on it, you had like a swag about it. And like, mm-hmm. I knew you knew it was good, you know, and you were excited about, Oh, well, when you hear it, you know, like, so it's been cool. And then now you're just like, man, that was hard as hell, but I'm proud as fuck. You know, so yeah. I think that that gives everybody what they need to know about it. And again, I've heard a little snippets that have been released and I'm anticipating a lot of periphery spinning in the vigil estate this March. Cool. It's just I, hope, I hope you don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a low bar, but yeah, I'm sure I'm on. <laughs> so, um, all right, now let's get, now that we've gotten the small talk out of the way, you know, let's, let's, let's take a look here at, at the important stuff. And, uh, what a wild NFL season, you know, 
And I just want to say shout out to Mike Tomlin, 16 years, no losing season. Started out two and six, probably worst team in the league. And then wins like eight out of nine games and somehow finishes nine and eight. Like, come on. I love that. Coaching. I love that shit. Coaching. Um, Bears <laughs> showed some promise, you know, um, but they find themselves. And it is also adorable that there's been this shared situation. We had the Trubisky trauma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I watch as a Steelers fan. There were some times where Mitch would throw. It's like, my Lord, you are the next. You are the one. You are Neo, basically. Like, you're so athletic and you can throw a ball perfectly two times out of 12. And then sometimes, and then the rest of it, you're like, God, Mitch, why? Why, Mitch? Yeah. Why? You know? So we shared that he, Mitch tra- trauma. He had some crazy games. This year. Like, didn't he have a three or four pick game? One of the, one oh, of these, yeah, one four. Of these? Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, the Ooh. one when, when he had to start for uh, picking when he was hurt. Um, you know, then the Steelers send Chase Claypool for a second-round pick, which ends up becoming a first-round pick due to Miami, you know, losing theirs. And now the Bears got the first draft pick. Uh, coming up. So before we get to the playoffs, Mark, what do you think the Bears should do with the first overall draft pick? Yeah, um, I have some thoughts, and I want to hear Daryl's thoughts too because he has a very unique perspective on this matter. But uh, I mean, like we were talking about before the the show started, I I want them to um, I want them to get him some help, and whether that's I, you know it's pretty thin as far as like um, you know skill positions at the top of the draft. Um, but uh, whether they want to shore up the defense or get him protection uh, with that number one pick, I'm thinking probably defense. Uh, I, but here's the thing is that, um, you know, there's so many quarterback hungry teams in that top 10. Um, at least half of those teams are close to half or probably desperate for their next franchise guy. Right. Like you look at a, you know, in Indianapolis or in Atlanta, or what have you, and and they're still looking for their guy, and that would be my first, you know, if I were the GM of the Bears, um, to sort of entertain those offers and see what I could get for that number one pick, um, since you know a couple of these teams will be chomping at the bit to go get, you know, a Bryce Young or something like that um, at number one. But uh, that's what I hope they do. Um, even you know, I, I have a feeling they won't hold on to the number one pick. Um, and I, you know, I've seen some opinions out there of people wanting to get rid of Justin Fields, who are like draft Bryce Young, a quarterback who's shorter than Kyler Murray, and who will need as much development as someone like that. Um, it just seems like it's such an unfair move. Um, granted, you know, this regime did not draft Justin Fields, so he's like the previous regime's quarterback. But at the same time, I, I would be so devastated if the Bears did that. Yeah, what do you think, Daryl? I think. And we talked about this, you know, prior to coming on the pod. They need, I think the Bears front office need to look in the mirror and they need to just get nasty. They need some big, gigantic, Quentin Nelson-like offensive lineman that's going to get in there, get gritty, pancake slam somebody on the back of their neck so they can set a tone for the rest of the offensive line to say, hey, Let's keep Justin Fields upright so he's not breaking rushing records every game. That's what they need mm-hmm. to do. Or his sure, <laughs> Yeah, they need to sure that offensive lineup. And then, like you say, you give me some edge rushers. Let's get some, let's get some defensive ends in there, a solid defensive tackle. You know, sure up some guys in the second and third level of, level, level of the defense. Do that. But for the, for the most part, they need to take it all the way back old school, get some gigantic – Demon on offensive line is just really going to set the tone. That's what they need to do. Because Justin what Fields, if, we're good. We're you good. said Quentin Nelson. What if the Colts? What if the Colts called up the Bears and they were like, "Do you want Quentin Nelson and our first rounder for the number one, and maybe like another piece, maybe like a third rounder or something like that?" That that would be that would be music to to every Bears fan's ears. You know what I mean? But they're, they're, I mean. You think that's too much for that first pick? Without, yeah, I mean, Quentin yeah. Nelson is something else. He's he's one of yeah. those once-in-a-lifetime type guys. Like, he's yeah. he's going to be around for, like, 15, 20 years burying people on the, in, 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 you know. It, that's just, yeah. that's his thing. Um, yeah. But if, if that were to happen, I can see it. Yeah. And I would love it. 
Yeah. Yeah. And and Justin Justin Fields would would definitely uh, benefit from that. You know what's crazy is that when before Fields was drafted, nobody like at least you know in the public perspective, like to a layman like myself, had the Justin Fields is is like the next great rusher thing thrown at them. You know, like mm-hmm. he, they talked about his arm talent, right, and his, and his and his playmaking, but not his legs, not his ability to rush. And it's like like you said, we've only found out he's this you know monumentally productive rusher because. It's his escape route, and because right. he has no protection and like die. virtually right. nobody in his skill yes. positions who will bail him out, you know. Yes, and it's just funny that like left to the devices that the Bears have put in front of him, he's turned into this just really fierce competitor as far as a rusher goes. So it's like part of me, and this is the part that gets upset when I see people be like, "Oh, trade Fields and get Bryce Young." Bullshit. I think what you need to do <laughs> is give him the protection he needs and yep. give him. A couple, two two skill guys who you can trust in front yep. of them. Solid tight end. Bail them out. Bam. And see, you said see it. How he, you see said how he it. does. Yeah, because he's a leader. Because the dude's a leader. You talk. You, you you hear any interview with his teammates, and they all fucking love the guy. He's like the anti Zach Wilson. You know, um, they all love him. We'll stick up for him. And he's a he's a proven leader, and he's a proven competitor. And he will fucking take a bullet for that team. Who would have yeah. thought that the rich kid from BYU would have a hard time relating to the average NFL player? <laughs> it's crazy. It's just crazy to me that no one saw that coming. And I think the only move there is you have to trade down, get the, the best lineman that you can get, and just build from the inside out. And they got to spend they got to spend money on on a line. I mean, there's just there's no. You know, you get you get yeah. that safety valve, safety blanket, yeah. giant six foot eight target in the middle. You know, and then you got yep. you got a couple of decent. I mean, David Montgomery is a is a good piece. You know, Claypool has some talent. There's there's like pieces there. It's just they gotta mm-hmm. they gotta get their head out of their ass. You yeah. see what the Lions did, and now they're they've turned it around. You know, they're, they're not really the laughing stock of the NFC they North got, anymore. But they, that's a big they, they, that's a coach thing too. Dude, I mean, they that's, but, it's culture, bro. Like yeah, literally, the they culture. turned back time. They went old school. We did that. You guys saw Hard Knocks, man. Like, he was all about it, man. He's in there with those guys. You need somebody that's going to meet them right where they're at, peel back the layers and say, hey, listen, like, this isn't going to come from, like, no padded practices and sitting on the fucking sideline. You guys got to get with it, man. You got to get in there and you got to get gritty. And that's why I love Campbell as a a head coach for the the Lions, man. He turned that whole thing around, man. Smack, slap, slap Green Bay, which, you know. We love that. So it was great. It's amazing. I, I cry. I wanted to shed a tear. It was like the best football day all year. One tear. The Bears got the number one pick, and the fucking Packers got eliminated. Yeah. But you take a look at the Lions draft. But you know when when they got Panay Sewell on their uh, on their offensive line, it's like mm-hmm. building their team. They spent yep. I forget what where he was picked, but it was in the top six or seven. I want to mm-hmm. say, but mm-hmm. he was their top pick that year, and uh, he's been great. They built their team from the inside out, and they have great skill guys, but. They prioritized protecting, at the time, I think it was Stafford who was their quarterback before, I think they drafted him before they got Goff, but, you know, same same point. Well, funny thing about Panay Sewell, and this is something that we didn't, you know, we, the, the the public doesn't know, but they'll, they'll know here on the Everyman Podcast, is he's the type of guy, if we're talking about, you know, attitude, he's the type of guy that, you know, Coach Dan Campbell says, hey, listen, I need you to come out of this game. He's like, fuck no, I'm staying out here with my guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, it, 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 like whistle to whistle, he's that type of dude. So like, and he was doing that as a rookie. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. we need. Yeah, they're on, they're yeah. on the way up. Um, so let's 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 take a look here at the wild card round. Um, we'll start with the NFC side. Seahawks Niners. Now, early on in the season, I did make a I did make a comment that I'm not ruling out Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is a great coach. He knows how to build a team. But more importantly, he knows how to like get that message of like no one wants you people. You guys are the you guys are a bunch of assholes up in Seattle. Nobody, oh, misfits, Geno Smith, and all these clowns. DK Metcalf, nobody else wanted you. We we took you in. You know, Bobby Wagner, we don't need you. Get out of here. You know, it's not all about the Legion of Boom anymore. And like he knows how to get that like message bought into. And the Seahawks have been they played pretty great competitive ball all season long. And, like, as good as the Niners appear to be, with that, like, I believe Geno Smith could outperform Brock Purdy in a wild card situation because they've got a coach who's done it and been there, and he's won at every level. Like, 
uh, sleeper. I'm looking at, I'm watching the Seahawks. Like, now I could be wrong. They could get blown out, forty-two to ten. But something about that matchup, I I like I like the Seahawks there. Really? Mm-hmm. That, do you know Brock Purdy is like what six and zero, seven and zero? Yeah, I mean he's he's great. I mean he makes some throws where I'm like, why exactly were you the last pick? Like how yeah. how did you Mr. fall? Mr. Irrelevant, my like how ass. did you fall? Like your yeah. throws are ridiculous. <laughs> like you look better than half of the NFL starting quarterbacks. Right. But is right. that a system thing? I don't know. But yeah. I, what do you think for Shanahan? But yeah, I, I you know I I don't really give the Seahawks a chance in this game. It would be fun, and I would say if there's a wild card, it's that. It's what you mentioned. It's the whole how does this you know how does this kid react to his first playoff game? You know, like right. wh- where does that go? And so over over the last six seven games, he's proven that he can step in and be a serviceable quarterback and lead his team to wins. But uh, how does that translate to the playoffs when it's a different game when the stakes are higher every single snap? Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to have it be a closer game, but like as far as you know, who's the talented, who's the more talented roster? I think. Oh, um, I mean that's. But see, yeah. all that that's the Pete. That's the Pete Carroll. Like, oh, that's all. That's all yeah. the ammo he needs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I, I got all the love in the world for Pete Carroll, um, but man, 49ers just got weapons. Man, between you got Kittle, you got Bosa on the other side. They're back. You got Christian McCaffrey, who's just been crazy ever since he, you know, yeah. it's just, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. Plus, you know, I, I, I like Purdy's decision, decision-making. And then also he's got some wheels too. He can run like, yeah, he can, he can, he can extend the, he's, play. he's pretty mobile. So well, yeah. we'll see, we'll see there. But, uh, like I said, it won't be, it wouldn't surprise me. Chargers Jags, a game that the NFL begrudgingly, is putting on, I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude, Trevor Lawrence looks like pretty legit. I mean, he's had yeah, some. He like, I've, I've I've paid attention on this year. Uh, I kind of root for Doug Peterson. He seems like a, a good dude. I like I like his style, I like how he plays, like the coaches a team and how he wins. Um, and he's ballsy. He just like there's he he goes for it on fourth down at the end to win the game. He goes for the two point conversion. Big, you know what I mean? Um, uh, that's one right there. I mean. Wouldn't be shocked to see the Jags pull one out because, again, you got that experience. And the Chargers, they're still a young team, and they're kind of like I completely lost track of them this year. I'm like, I didn't, until I looked at this, I didn't even realize they're in the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're a weird team because, like, they have all the talent in the world, you know, and they have a lot of talent, skill positions, uh, defense. It's up and down. Justin Herbert, you know, top three, top five quarterback at the very least. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think the Doug Peterson thing has to factor in. The fact that, like, Trevor Lawrence, the last, you know, third of the season has looked fucking marvelous. Yeah. Um, yeah. That has to factor in. And, like, I don't know. The Chargers are a weird team, man. Like, sometimes they, they show up and they look like the class of the AFC. But then other times it's like there's weird coaching stuff. That's what I mean. With I, them. Yeah. I, again, I'm in the playoffs, it's all about have you been there, you know, and, and are you – fully dialed in are you are you hot at the right time you know like teams yeah. that peak too early you know that's and that's yeah. what i look at like kind of with seattle and the jags like they're coming in real hot you know so yep. i i like the jags there daryl what do you think dude i like the jags i like the jags really? so much i I like the jags and i say this mainly because that defense is peaking at the right time their defense mm-hmm. is speaking at the right time. And Trevor's been kind of lights out. Uh, I'd say for the for the majority of the season, he's made made, made some smart moves and decisions. He can spin it. He's, he makes big you know, plays. Throwing, oh man, dude, he's he's throwing it, throwing that thing in between tight windows all the time. Um, I like him. And he's a leader, young guy, still a leader. Um, but he's that poised. defense has he's pulled poised. them out of some crazy situations. This last game with Tennessee, no exception. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. rise to the occasion when it's time to ball. And I, I'm, and if you're doing that right now, that's that, that's that's kind of scary. I like that. I like I like the Jacks. I like where you guys' heads at. I, I, I was I was sure I was going to go Chargers, and I still think I'm going to lean Chargers. But Here's the I thing: like the Chargers, like you know, they just got Bosa back, but they got a lot of guys that are still nursing some injuries. Man, like they've mm-hmm. been battling yeah, all year up. with guys in key positions that have been just down down for the count just because of injury. You know what I mean? So, like, they're playing with a full deck, but it's kind of like not really. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
next next up on the docket, and I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's not even – I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on it. Dolphins, Bills, I don't think there's any – I mean, the Dolphins Ooh. do not deserve to be in the playoffs. No, you know, they, they don't. The only reason they're in is because they managed to beat the Steelers when they're at their, their worst. Like, really, the Steelers were hot this time. Not that the Steelers would have beat the Bills, but, I mean, all things considered, the Bills have been the best team probably all season long, most complete team. Yeah. The shit that Jared – Allen does is confusing to me. Like Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Jared. It says right. Jared Allen. Allen's the, yeah. the defensive yeah. end, uh, who's apparently going to the Hall of Fame. But anyway, Josh Allen running forty yards across the field, across his body, throws it sixty yards into the end zone. Like it's just he's like a f- physical freak, and apparently he's a genius. He's got like a videographic memory or some shit. Um, I mean, Bills. I mean, it's not even. Offense, yeah. defense, digs, Allen. I mean, everything. You yeah. can't. I mean, they are humming too. And then you know they they just got you know you know Demar Hamlin is back, so they're riding that wave. Oh, yeah. Let's do it for let's yeah. do it for for Demar. Like ah, that's just tough, man. Of, they got something to play tough. for too. Yeah. Oh they my gosh, to play yeah. for. Absolutely. They're gonna be fired up, and that's gonna be an ugly game. I don't even like. Tua's not playing. Tua should not play. Tua should He's, not have yeah. played after the. F- First no. time he was knocked unconscious on the field. Yeah. And yeah. then when he did the hand thing, no. definitely, hey, let's let this guy take a season yeah. off. Not worth it. Right. Like he's, Four concussions. I mean, dude, I say, no. it, I say it all the time. UFC, you get knocked out in a fight, mandatory 90-day medical suspension. You can't even touch. You cannot even go into a, a, a practice. You know, like they won't let you do anything. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I've, I've seen opinions that, you know, medical professionals saying that this dude should retire. Um, yeah. And it's a, oh, it's a harrowing, yeah. Easy. It's a, it's a harrowing time. Like, because like, you know, there, there's, there's facts, there's science out there pointing to the fact that he should, but we're still sort of at a turning point where like, it's not widely accepted for young players to retire, you know, at their peak, arguably like Tua is at right now, at least talent wise. But, um, it's scary, man. It's scary, and I, I I wouldn't blame it. I don't think anybody should be upset at him if he entertains walking away from the game after a season no. like this. No, this isn't. This definitely isn't an Andrew Luck situation. No, this is this is way different from that. So it, it yeah, just, he, he should definitely it puts a bad. That. It puts a bad. Again, I and it's like, look at the Bills example. It's like, hey guys, it's more than a game. Mm-hmm. Tua, it's that's a game. Like we need you. We need you, pal. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. I thought we were – are we not mm. doing the – I thought we were in the tree. I don't know. Um, yeah. Giants-Vikings. Now, let me just say about the Giants, the thing I like about the Giants. Number one thing I like about the Giants, Daryl and I, our first draft podcast, we went hard, hard for Daniel Jones to the point where my friends <laughs> oh. my friends still mock me for it. But Daryl and I were both convinced four years ago based off of his combine performance, and we both – I mean, Daryl was there, goddammit. Yeah. We were like, yo, that's the fucking guy. Like, he, because everybody was talking, we were like, dude, he's got it all. That's, he's got all the skills. If he, if he can put his mental together, he just looked like the prototypical NFL quarterback. And he was mobile. And it was just like, he just, it was bad and then worse. And then the worst thing you've ever seen. And then here comes throwback head coach from Alabama, big boy, which I love, by the way. I, these coaches are getting too hot. I'm tired of the fucking, the haircuts on game day and the, they're all jacked now and they've got model girlfriends and stuff. I want a 300 pound coach that looks like all he does is watch film and smoke cigarettes. I, I'd like that. I like that look. I like that Rex Ryan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that. Yeah. That is football to me. Not these handsome guys with nice haircuts. So I like that. I like that about the Giants. They brought him back. I love seeing Saquon. Well, who doesn't love that comeback? I mean, guy's fucking incredible. The defense keeps him in. Yeah, they make some ridiculous things. But seeing Daniel Jones have, like, an unbelievable season, like Pro Bowl caliber. Because I was saying, I was saying, I was saying it to my Eagles fan friends. Guys, Daniel Jones is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC East. And they were all obsessed with Carson Wentz at the time, which how hilarious that turned out to be. Never, <laughs> I never got the Carson Wentz thing. I, eh. Okay, and then you look. Okay, RG three's gone. Like they've got. So who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Well, you, of course you get Jalen Hurts. Whatever. I don't know. I'm still jury's out on that. But like, come on, dude. Daniel Jones, the comeback player of the year. 
Saquon Barkley. I mean, throwback NFL coach. I'm I'm so way in on the Giants on this game. That's the trend. That's the trend. That's the trend. These the, listen. You take it back to when football was just smash mouth. You take it back to old school. Throwback coaches, throwback systems and regimes. Take it back, man. Take it back. It's the, the, like once you start, once we start doing all this spider pads, and you know we're gonna like practice two times a week. Guys getting injured just by you know walking to Seven Eleven. No, man. Like, stop. Take it back. Here we go. Yeah. I think it's a pretty underrated story. How how well Daniel Jones has played like because you don't see that you no see, one talks you about see, it mm-hmm. yeah you, you see teams give up on uh high lottery uh draft pick quarterbacks you know within two years now within yeah. a year sometimes yeah. I mean they're ready to burn Zach Wilson at the state granted he's he's gone a little overboard a little bit worse than just playing bad um but uh you don't see guys in their fourth year kind of finally coming to fruition like he has and like especially looking at yeah like Saquon's a good, he's a fantastic, not just good. He's a fantastic, um, you know, skill guy to have at your side, but also, I mean, like who are his receivers? I mean, there's yeah. no Darius Tony anymore. Yeah. There's no, like, you know, uh, there's just no household names that he's throwing to yet. He's getting it done. And, uh, he's played consistently. He's only gotten better. That's the one thing that I would say about this game is that like Daniel Jones has looked better and better. And, you know, that's kind of scary because he has momentum on his side. The Vikings, they're thirteen and four, but at the same time, I've watched them play a lot this season. They NFC North shouldn't be that. They shouldn't be thirteen and four. Yeah, they got a lot of close wins. The Bears played them tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bears lost uh, on a very fluky play at the last in the last minute uh, to them earlier in the season. And uh, I'm not in love with that team. And it's not because I'm like a Cousins hater. I know there's a lot of Kirk Cousins haters and doubters out there. <laughs> Um, I'm, a Kirk, a I'm a Kirk who, Cousins fan. I'll be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't dislike Kirk Cousins either. But um, there's something about this game. I mean, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reticent to uh, to leave the Giants out of this. You know, I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to pick Giants. I like it. I'm right there with you. And and just yeah? just for the record here, 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, 67 percent completion record uh, percentage, at 92 and a half quarterback rating. Uh, come on. I mean, the guy's he's, – he's ready. Uh, let's see, rushing – how many rushing touchdowns? Seven rushing touchdowns. What? Yeah. Seven. Yeah, he, he can move. And, like, he, he goes he – like, he puts his shoulder down and goes through people and gets the team fired up. Like, talk about a quarterback that they're rallying around. The Giants are rallying around Daniel Jones, and it is – it would be – it would make me nothing less than exhilarated. To see Daniel Jones go further in the playoffs than Jalen Hurts. Not because I'm an Eagles hater, but just so I could tell my friends I was right. Um, Bill uh, Bengals Ravens. Uh, I don't know that anybody really is caring about this game at all. L- Lamar is probably out. I don't even know who their quarterback is after uh, the, the second string guy there. Um, and then you got Burrow, who's just – the Bengals have silently amassed – a solid record this year um, really got boned by the NFL with the whole, how that whole thing turned out with, with uh, the bills game. And, you know, you got to under like they're now they're the, nobody's talking about them. They're the underdog. Basically no one cares about them. They were just in the super bowl and you got fucking the bat, arguably the best quarterback in the playoffs besides Josh Allen ready to make another run. Um, I think there's no way the Bengals, don't win this game. Yeah. Absolutely not. I agree. I agree. I mean, Jamar Chase is healthy. Mixon's healthy. Everybody's back. Yep. I think Smoking it's, Joe. it's a, it's a no, it's a no brainer. Um, now, you know, we're going to, we're going to wind the pod down the same way we did, which is, which is talking about. We're Dallas. not doing Cowboys Bucks. We got to do Cowboys Ta- Bucks. Right, talking about the Cowboys Bucks. Okay, okay. I thought you were moving on to other. Okay, you got to be. Listen, Mark, you got to be okay. quick with me. I'm getting good at this whole thing. Um, <laughs> so, I run. I have a. I, I run a warehouse in Dallas, and I've got about 20, 20 guys and gals on my on my team that I manage, and they're largely all hardcore Cowboys fans, and. Um, you know, I don't always call like a meeting. I'll call it a little quick huddle up. 
Uh, I don't always call meetings every day. They never know what I have to say. And Monday, I'm like, hey, uh, Bravo team, let's uh, meet up, you know, the conversion. Let's, we got a quick huddle up. I was like, hey, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And I, I just, real quick, just want to say, how about them Cowboys? Silence. <laughs> After they got asked by Sam Howell and the Commodores. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't not call them the Commodores now. I just, they, to me, they're the Commodores. Um, Cowboys are limping into the playoffs. Look like a disaster. Uh, have really nothing good going for them. Then they were like, they just imploded on themselves, lose the second seed. And now they got to deal with a recently divorced, playing at home in the playoffs, Tom Brady, who's, by the way, got a 7-0 record against Cowboys. I don't know that there is anyone in South Florida that's going to get banged harder on Monday night than the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think it's like this is as easy of a lock for Tom Brady as you could possibly confidently say as, as a sure thing in the NFL is Tom Brady leading the Bucks over the Cowboys on Monday night. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. What do you think, Daryl? I'll go last. It's hard because you always hear that Nobody goes against TB12, right? No, nobody does it. You don't go against Tom Brady. It's just, it's just, it just doesn't happen. Um, I love the way the Bucks have been playing. I love the way Tom has been playing ever since all of his, you know, his home life situation has gotten squared away. Um, he took some lumps early in the season. Uh, their defense is always stellar. You know, we know this. Um, but I like Dallas. I like really? Dallas in this one. Mm. I do. Mm. I like Dallas. There's um, there's just something about the last, I want to say, three or four games that I've, I've been seeing out of Dak and how he's galvanized that offensive line and just to play for him. And Ezekiel Elliott is, is he's kind of back to his not worried about, you know, the, the, the long runs. He's just a dog in there, just getting hard-earned, contested yards. When you got a team that's playing like that, man, I can I can follow that. I can rally behind that. This is this is based off feel here. I'm gonna have to go with Dallas, man. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I'm tempted to agree with you, um, and I do like I do like how good Zeke has been in the red zone this year. I have him on my fantasy team, and I did not expect him to be good. I kind of just caught a flyer on him, and I was like, well, he's not gonna put up much this year because he's getting older but man he was a machine he was a bargain too where i drafted him and you know the one thing i will say is dak has looked like an absolute disaster like <laughs> you mentioned just like like that was bad i don't know mentally what was going on there if, if if it was sort of like you know i mean they had something to play for but at the same time it's like how engaged could they have been um and that's something you've seen from dak before um but i will say um the team just has too much talent. Like there's just too much talent. I, I don't That's like the, the story Bucks. of the Cowboys. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I and and also I, I don't really think the Bucks are that great of a team. They're like, not. Yeah, but yeah. See, I think just Brady can just will, like, he has the abil- factor, he has man. the ability to elevate everyone around him that has no business yeah. really being there, and like they're going to benefit from him being there. And it's yeah. like even though he's at the end, like. I just can't. Just yeah, can't. it'd be a story. It'd be a story. And yeah, like, uh, you know, it always feels wrong to bet against uh, any Tom Brady team. Uh, and more times than not, we've been proven wrong. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Cowboys with this one, man. I, mm-hmm. that's, 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 where my, that's where my gut is. Yeah, they, they've been too good a team for too long yeah. this season. You know, that's, that's the thing. They've looked poor lately, but they spent way too much time this season being well, an actual good football team versus we, Tampa Bay. When we saw them, they were like as as complete of a football team as you could possibly be. They looked cylinders. great. Yeah. They looked, yeah. We were both like, yeah. wow, I guess Dak is yeah. the guy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just say, I, you said it, man. It's about stories and who doesn't love a story. I don't think there's anything the NFL wants more than the Bills and the Bucks in the Super Bowl this year. Mm. You know, Speaking of that, are we going to do our picks? 
uh, right now? You want to do the, you, you ready to or make Or should it? we do it before the Super Bowl? I think we should do it before the Super Bowl. I think we got to keep the tradition alive. Yeah, because there's two. Yeah. Right. We could be way out. We could have gotten every single one of these picks wrong. Um, and I did actually keep track here this time so we can roast ourselves okay. in, in three weeks. Um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Mark, it's always a pleasure, man. Seriously, we, we love connecting with you. Um, always. You know, uh, my wife Likewise. and I are, are looking forward to uh, we're going to be making our way down to Austin some point this year. I'll make sure to time it when you when you're in town. Um, yeah. And uh, good luck with the with the record again. Uh, get those pre-orders in. I've already pre-downloaded and, pre- and pre-ordered it on iTunes because um, I'm still I'm a, I'm a millennial. I buy things on iTunes. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying records in iTunes. It's like, I don't know which <laughs> yeah. group I'm in. Um, <laughs> Periphery 5, Gent is not a genre. In stores everywhere March 10th. The singles are, are out. If you listen to this podcast, go listen to the singles. They're in the show notes. Uh, Mark Holcomb, my brother, thank you so much for, for sharing your time with us and uh, mm. having a good time. And we'll see you down the road, brother. Thank you very much, friends. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Absolutely, man. We'll see you. Yeah.